One thing I never thought I'd talk about on a pickleball podcast is murder. But Jeff Raisley, author of the novel, A Pickleball Soap Opera, Love, Murder, and Pickleball, is my guest today. There's a lot of intrigue both in the interview and novel. So let's get to the intro to hear from Jeff. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Jeff Raisley. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm feeling good. Glad to be with you, Lynn. How are you? I'm doing great. I actually happened to be on the beach this week in Southern California, which is great because Connecticut got about six inches of snow today. So I am happy to be here. And I'm jealous, although I just returned a few days ago from Southern California but unfortunately, I had lousy weather most of the time that I was out there. So I hope you have more sun than I did. It's looking great. And I know that you are a pickleball player and didn't get too much of a chance to play when you were in Southern California. But I do like to start off with, tell me a little bit about your story in terms of how you got involved with the sport and how long ago that was. Well, thanks. Yeah, I've been playing just about three years now, and I was invited to play at a a local club in Indianapolis, which is actually the Jewish Community Center. A friend of mine, a longtime colleague in law who is like me, (laughs) an old aging athlete, introduced me to the game because, well, he thought I would be pretty good at it. And so I took his invitation to play this game that I had never seen played and I thought had a ridiculous name. But the first time I played, I thought it was a lot of fun. And um, I played competitive tennis at a relatively high amateur level for a long time and had to give it up because of severe tennis elbow and uh, a shoulder issue. But he uh, assured me that with the small paddle and the type of ball used in uh, pickleball harm my elbow or shoulder, and he was right. So after that first time, I went back to his group at the Jewish Community Center, played several times as a guest, and then my guest pass ran out. And I didn't really have a place to play, and I didn't really know other pickleball players. But I convinced my local YMCA, which I had been a board member of, to line the basketball courts in the gym with pickleball lines. And so we started uh, pickleball at my YMCA, and I've been playing there, and I got involved with a competitive group. and started another group in uh, a park near where I live called Broad Ripple Park as an outdoor group. And so I've become sort of a a local advocate and promoter of the game in just in the last three years. Let me ask you about the YMCA and getting the the lines painted on the floor. I know that in some parts of the country, that's really common. When I started playing pickleball just over three years ago in Connecticut, Most of the gyms already had the lines on the floor, but I know there's other areas in the country, like I was in Texas for 25 years, where pickleball is, you know, it's starting to explode, but they probably haven't gotten to that point. What was kind of the process to get the lines on the floor for the YMCA? 
Well, another uh, Y in the area already had uh, pickleball court set up in its gym. And so there was already a precedent. And just coincidentally, another Y was in the process of adding pickleball to its programs. So it was fairly easy to convince my Y. And like I said, they, I think, were quite willing to listen to me because I had been on the board. And it, it was really pretty easy. I just met with the director and explained how the sport was exploding in popularity and especially among older folks and I said fine (laughs) we'll do it now my park which is one of uh, the Indianapolis Parks Department was a bit more difficult to convince them that they were sold on the idea easily enough but they said they didn't have any money in the budget to line the courts. So uh, a a small group of us raised uh, $2,500 from donors to the parks department, and which is what they told us uh, they needed to line the courts, which I thought, wow, that's really expensive paint. (laughs) But anyway, so we raised uh, that money and um, it took them about five months after we made the donation before they finally got the courts lined. But, you know, dealing with a big city government and budgeting and uh, scheduling problems, maybe that's not so ridiculous. But anyway, that was the process there. Well, thank you for sharing that. And uh, let's get into the reason why we were able to connect you are an author, actually haven't written many books, but you have written one which is has a element of pickleball in it. And I actually have talked to a couple authors on the podcast, but I think your book is a little bit different than some of the others. So go ahead and tell me a little bit about, well, first, what is the title and then how you got into writing it? Yeah, thanks. The title is A Pickleball Soap Opera. Love, Murder, and Pickleball. And the soap opera is a bit tongue-in-cheek, but in fact, another podcast interviewer told me I should have left that off the title and just called it Love, Murder, and Pickleball because he, he said he thought soap opera would turn off most male readers. But anyway, yeah, the, the in the acknowledgments or the dedication page on the book ends with a quote from Mark Twain, which is, right, what, and I've gotten to know pickleball intimately over the last three years and love the game. And I also like telling stories. I grew up in a family of storytellers. My great-grandmother lived to be 98 and used to put my brother and me to bed by telling us stories. And so I wanted to integrate pickleball into what I hope and think is a a fun, interesting story. So the the book is falls under the genre captions of romance and thriller and mystery. And it has all three of those (laughs) elements. And so the central cast is a pickleball group in northern Ohio. And uh, the story starts out with this one guy who happens to be a retired attorney, somewhat like the author, only unlike the author, his wife 
has died and he's feeling very lonely and sort of lost in life. He used to be very uh, athletic, played in basketball and tennis recreational leagues, but from some sports injuries, he's let go of those activities. But he gets invited to play pickleball by his best friend and former law partner because the his buddy recognizes that Jack, the character, is kind of lost and alone and thinks this will kind of bring him out of this cocoon that he's been living in since his wife died. And indeed, Jack falls in love with the game and also meets a, a, a woman in the pickleball group. And so a romance begins to develop. And in the, the course of Jack learning how to play, I get to incorporate into the story how you learn to play pickleball. And then as he progresses, sort of some of the tactics and strategies involved in the game, and he plays with his new romantic partner in a co-ed tournament. And so what that is like. But outside of this, the, the romance and Jack learning how to play pickleball, there is an international conspiracy involving the CIA and uh, a, a CIA spy who's embedded in Al-Qaeda and the Taliban, and it blows back onto this group because of a legal case that Jack had been involved in years ago, and it ends up with a well, a, a crazy, a crazed murderer hunting down Jack and the other members of the pickleball group, so stalking them at, with murderous intent. And so that's how the mystery and the thriller aspect of the book gets involved in this. What seemingly a nice upper middle class group of pickleball players. Now I have to ask you, you said you write what you know. Okay, I can understand the pickleball part and I can understand the love part, but what about the murder? <laughs> yeah, no personal experience, but I actually in the course of my legal career represented some murderers. When I was a young lawyer, well, actually when I was in law school, I clerked for the guy who was sort of the hottest big shot criminal defense attorney in Indiana. And almost all of his cases were murder cases. So I got to know and meet several murderers when I was working for him. I have not ever actually represented or handled a murder trial myself, but because I worked on those and just being in the law for 30 years, I know how that the legal process works. And I also know a bit about the psychology of people who have murderous intent. So, yeah. Very interesting plot. And another thing that I'm curious about is that it sounds like you actually go into a fair amount of detail in the book about how to play pickleball. Is that to kind of share the game with others who just are going to read the book and not necessarily be pickleball players? Yeah. And one of my concerns as an author was how much, where is the line of if somebody's reading the book and has never played pickleball, 
how much detail can I go into without boring the person? Because it might be hard when I talk about dinking. If you've never seen the game, is that going to be boring to, to read a description of it? And to what extent could I incorporate sort of the fundamental mechanics of the game into the story and maintain the interest of readers who don't play pickleball and might never have any interest in playing pickleball? On the other hand, given the title and the, the, the word pickleball is <laughs> it appears twice in the title, I'm guessing probably the most of the readers of this book will at least have some interest in pickleball, if not being active players. And that's, you know, really the sort of my target audience is people who are already uh, playing pickleball, but also like to read. Now talk a little bit about when you wrote this book, did this happen to be during the height of the pandemic when we were all kind of pretty much locked in last year what when did you do it yeah no you're exactly right i i wrote it during this past year during the pandemic my own <laughs> social activities have been more limited within the last two years than probably since i got out of diapers so i've spent more time at home than I have for a long time. I'm really an inveterate traveler. Um, before the pandemic, I had gone every other year over to Nepal and spent three weeks there. That's been ended. And I also, my, my family, we all love to travel. So most of that have has been cut. And uh, I've sp spent a lot of time in Zoom meetings on different boards that I serve on. But so anyway, but since I retired from the law, I've tried to spend several hours every day writing. I mean, that I don't look at it as a profession in the same way I did, but I take it seriously. And so after I finished the, the book that was published before this one, I started working on this book, and it was published December 1st, so it's only been out a month now. But yeah, I hope that answered your question. It did, and I think you said that the book actually is not, the period of time that it covers is prior to the pandemic. Why did you make that choice not to do it in current times? Yeah, good question. Well, a couple reasons. One is I wanted the pickleball players to not have to deal with the issues involved in playing pickleball indoors during the pandemic. And I think that's a sensitive and important issue of how we manage to do that. And there are different attitudes towards it. I mean, I have played in an indoor group starting not well really starting the summer after the pandemic hit we i was uh, an outdoor group i play in also is an indoor group when the weather turns cold here in indianapolis and we set up certain protocols on how we would play indoors but i just i didn't want to get into that i mean i just thought that would distract from the story and i because the pandemic has just been such this sort of overlay of everything we do for the last couple of years, I just didn't want to bother with that. 
And so the most of the story is set right before the pandemic, before we were even aware of the, the virus. So the day-to-day narrative events occurs in September 2019. And it's all it's compact into that one month. I mean, the sort of the, the narrative, uh, chronological narrative, all happens within that month. But there are flashbacks that go back two years and then 20 years. And so the lives of the main characters are revealed through flashbacks. But yeah, the, the pandemic plays no part in it. And the uh, characters do not know that's about to hit just after the story ends. I can definitely see how that could be easier to write. And are you expecting maybe a reader who comes and reads a book and who is not a pickleball player to think, hey, I might want to try that game? I hope so. I, I mean, the, the main character and, and the, the, the characters, it's really it's an ensemble cast, but it starts out sort of in the point of view of, of Jack, the retired lawyer. And so he, the story describes how he falls in love with the game and you know why he finds the game so much fun and the associated social aspect to the game. And so I'm hoping that sort of the reader living through his experience of being attracted to the game and then enjoying it and developing some skill uh, in the sport, I hope that experience for uh, a reader who hadn't played the game would attract them to it. And and I have to say, uh, the couple people I know who don't play pickle but have read the book told me that, that they're now looking into playing the game. So yeah, I hope that works. I love it. And then for the maybe the beginner pickleball player, will they learn much about um, strategy and, and tactics in, in the game by reading the book? It, yeah, to some extent, because as Jack is developing as a player, He gets advice uh, from more experienced players. And then there's a a pro in the club where Jack plays who works with Jack to give him some advice, but which also develops a little tension because Jack gets jealous of the pro 30 years younger and better looking and more fit because the, the woman that Jack is falling for is obviously he thinks the pro is a pretty cool guy. So there's a with, again, sort of integrating the story into or integrating pickleball into the story while Jack is getting these tips from the pro. He's also resenting the advice he's getting because he sees that Nellie, his love interest, is also paying attention to Ryan, the, the pro pickleball player. Wow, that book is so much more than just pickleball, but I love the plot. It sounds like there's tens of twists and and turns, and I bet the Pickleball Fire audience will love it if they pick it up and read it. Where can they find it? Our publishing company has an exclusive distribution agreement with Amazon. So the only place it can be purchased is on Amazon or through my website, which then which links to Amazon. But so Google the, the title and that'll take you to the Amazon link or Google my name and on my website you'll 
see the book and then it's linked to the the buy page on Amazon and but you don't have to to buy it to check it out because there's a description and on the uh, Amazon description page about it you can read uh, for free the, the I think the first chapter so you can you know kind of look into it and see if it hooks you or not great well it was so much fun to have you on the podcast today Jeff as I mentioned early in the show I this book that you've written, there's just really so much to it. So if you like a good mystery thriller, go on out there and buy it. So Jeff, thank you again for being on the Pickleball Fire podcast. Well, Lynn, thank you very much for having me. And I'm I'm delighted to be one of a line of really interesting guests that you've had. So good luck with the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 